Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. This is July 29th. It's listing your boy number 177 here with that part time and bitch, as they say. What, Jimmy? You have allowed Denise Salcedo to take over your show. Number uh, of weeks over the last month, Jimmy has worked. One. Number of weeks, Denise has worked. Four. When I tell my story, are you going to feel bad for saying oh, that? Oh, for sure I'm going to feel bad about saying that. For yeah, sure. Yeah, you will. Because I know that, that if if you had one dying breath, you'd go, i got to do the listening, you boy. That's exactly what I would say. I gotta do this to you, boy. That's what you would say. <laughs> Just like a 95-year-old smoker, whatever the hell that yeah, was, you just, well, you just did. The landscape we're in, but you know what? I'm uh, I'm glad that that you're back. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I want to thank Denise for filling in. I thought she did a great job. Uh, I want to thank everyone that said, "When's Jimmy coming back?" Made me feel loved. So that's awesome. Yeah. And at the end of the podcast today. I am going to explain where I have been okay. uh, for about the last month. And I was on the fence. This is a personal story I'm going to tell. And I was on the fence if I wanted to talk about this, but I'm going to. So at the end of the podcast, I will explain it. But I want to thank Denise. I'll actually do an awesome job. A few yeah. people have asked, hey, could Sean and Denise maybe do a, a weekly show? I'm open to the idea. I'd have to check with Sean's schedule because he's a busy guy too. We'll see how so, it hashes uh, out when uh, Shaq joins us. But cause, I mean, I, I don't was, know what that will do. That's the thing I keep telling people, like, those Saturdays being freed up for me a lot. Yeah. Jimmy, we hear a lot of people complain about seven-hour WrestleMania. That's every Saturday in the UFC. Yes. Every yes. single Saturday. So I'll have people say, oh, well, at least the weekend's here and there's no pay-per-views. Oh, it doesn't matter. Derek Brunson's going to fight some guy on ESPN, and that's a seven-hour thing. So who knows what, what it'll uh, kind of bring. There's There's a lot of... A lot of opportunity right now. A few weeks ago, I was going to watch the Mosfidal fight, and I decided not to. And the next morning, I found out that show went until 2 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. It sure did. That's insane. 
That's insane. Unfortunately, they they were doing like the virtual scrums and press conferences a little bit more then. So fighters would get in and get out and it would move a lot quicker. Uh, And hey, you you know, uh, by the way, guys, follow Shaquille Majuri at Fight Shaq Fight. He's on the West Coast. So for him, it's not nearly as bad, but very excited for him to join. And also very excited to hear from you guys. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube.com slash Fightful. If you're watching live, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. We have our first. Evan Wright says, welcome back, Jimmy. Hope you're excited for hockey coming back this weekend. Can't wait to hear what you think of the wrestling world lately. Well, I'll tell you what. I was excited for baseball. It ain't going to last long, and the Reds suck. Huh. Yeah, baseball uh... – how many times have we talked about and – and one of the stupid people's stories today is going to be related in a way. Mm-hmm. But how many times have we talked about people in authoritative positions being so stupid? And it's amazing to me that these people – a lot of them are high-salaried executive-level people are really dumb. And anybody thought baseball was going to work, they were stupid because they want the teams to continue traveling from, from city to are – you, are you foolish? Yeah, it was it was never going to work. And if anything, kudos to the Canadian government. They would not let the Blue Jays play here. And so the Blue Jays had to uh, pick a stadium in Buffalo. But I, I think a couple of weeks and baseball is going to be finished, I think. Yeah, yeah, I do too. So. And kind of bummed first year in a while that I haven't been able to come to a Blue Jays game. But that's just the nature of where yeah. we are right now. You're right. And I, I was convinced I was going to be able to get you in. Uh, <laughs> if not necessarily for a Blue Jays game, just sure. at least bring you for the annual summer trip. Yeah, no. <laughs> nope. I don't think they're opening the border till uh, the end of the year. It's, I think. it's it's all right. I'll take like a cashier's check instead or something like that. Let's move on. So uh, <laughs> I was going to mention uh, our new Fightful MMA editor, and you just did. And uh, I'm glad you said his full name because first you said when Shaq joins us. And yeah. Somebody might have been like, who? Shaq O'Neal is joining Fightful? I mean, I'm, I'm open to it. He was in a UFC video game <laughs> once. And it was, yeah, I, lo- I, lo- I love Shaquille O'Neal. I would have a lot of fun with him if he, uh, if he ever wanted to do something if, with us. If TNT doesn't do something with him and MJF down the line, they're missing out. Like, a guy who likes wrestling, this huge dude. And then MJF, who looks like a million bucks and can talk his ass off. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love... I, I would just love to see him go onto the NBA on TNT set and then hear Charles Barkley just crap all over Shaq afterwards just because that's what they do. That's one of the, the appealing parts of the NBA. But, yeah, Shaquille Missouri joining us. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not overly familiar with him. Sean uh, kind of threw his resume at me, and I greenlit his uh, his you know financial demands. <laughs> but uh, didn't really know a lot about him, but he seems like a good guy. We've only chatted a little here and there. He seems like a good guy. And I had somebody on the Q&A show ask me, hey, does that mean we're going to get a weekly podcast back? Yes, it does, in addition to a lot of stuff. I had posted on Twitter. Right now, I've made the YouTube kind of dark for the, the next couple weeks. So I want him to start fresh. But the stuff that he's thrown at me is like list stuff, news shows, uh, like a a 10-minute news of the day show, companion podcasts, uh, a lot of videos, uh, reaction videos, a lot of good stuff coming your way on uh, YouTube.com slash FightfulMMABoxing and FightfulMMA.com. He gets started full-time next week, so I'm very excited for that. And our comment section on those live events are always great. We got like thousands of comments anyway, so... Keep your eye on it, guys. This was this was a big decision. Quite frankly, we could have cut the MMA section and made more money, but Jimmy was like, 
Let's let's invest in this. Let's bring somebody on who can give it the proper attention. And I'm really, really pumped for it. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole premise of Fightful. I wanted Fightful to be a, a crossover combat sports site. And when you see, you know, forget about even Brock Lesnar, Matt Riddle, Shayna Baszler. Uh, when you look at these people that have crossed over, it, it to me it just it's a natural natural marriage between the two, and so I wanted to keep doing it. So uh, we we have some more well wishes. I, I hear you transitioning, Jimmy. You, you you finish your sentence and you go, oh, let's get no no no. We can't we can't do that. We gotta let these people speak. Send a super chat any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air. Liam says so good to have Jimmy back. Much love, fightful. And Jobber JJ four nine six Oli Davis number one fan TM oh boy says SRS our savior welcome back Jimmy that's right I will be on Quizzlemania today uh, standing up for all you people Evan Wright says screw Shaq Shaquille O'Neal give me Stephen A Smith on Fightful uh, after hearing Stephen A Smith break down fighting no I do not want that. Yeah, and I, I should note as a side note, the 2 p.m. Eastern start time, I despise it. Yeah. I despise it. It it doesn't jive with my schedule at all. I was five minutes late today because I just hate the 2 p.m. Eastern schedule. I'm doing it for Sean Ross App. That's why I'm doing it. Let him go and reclaim the Quizlemania championship. But uh, one other thing before we get started here. So, uh, you know, you've been busy with the interviews, I've noticed. You know, you got Gallows and Anderson and you did DC3. So does that mean Sting's coming? Well, that sounds like a personal question, but um, maybe Blue Chew can help him out with that. Anyway, I, I got a lot of stuff. It, it, like I've got a man. See, the thing is, like I, I want to tell people who I have in the can, but here's what always happens: when I tell somebody that I have them in the can, somebody else is like, "Oh, I'm gonna hit him up and do an interview and get it out before Sean." So right. I'm, I can't do that. Chris Van Vliet, we're looking at you. Ah, not really. I'm kidding. I, I actually connected Chris Van Vliet with Muhammad Hassan because – I know. I was only kidding. Yeah, anyway. but uh, – yeah, we love Chris, obviously. But there are I, – I have a recent WWE release in the can. I have an AEW act in the can. By the way, uh, Jeremy Lambert's interview with Ricky Starks is out. I have – a WCW veteran in the can who was close with AJ Styles. That's a good one. I have a former Impact champion, Impact Women's champion, who's coming out of retirement in the can. And then um, what? a former WWE Women's champion in the can as well. That will all... And then, gosh, I've got like six or seven making of finishers and all that stuff too. But I keep those around for years. So... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. That's what I do. Uh, I, I interview people who I think will be in WWE. I'll do a yeah. making a finisher with them. Then I'll sit on it for like a year. And then when WWE calls them up, I'm like, here you go, making a finisher because it's evergreen. There you go. I think I taught you that term, didn't I? I think that I knew that term. Did you? Are you, you sure? You've never taught me anything. I'm going to learn how to take a month break from work. Yeah, yeah, boy. Again, once again, are you gonna feel like a bag of shit when you know why I've been away? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I get the feeling I know what's coming. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So, last thing I want to do is I want to send condolences to the family of Regis Philbin. He passed yeah. away on July 24, which is my birthday. Ironically enough, uh, he was one month shy of his 89th birthday. So that's a hell of a run, hell of a life for him. And uh, I got to say, and I don't know if you agree, but when I was growing up. My two favorite television personalities were Regis Philbin and Arsenio Hall. 
And the reason that they were my two favorites is because they were the only ones in the mainstream that treated wrestling with respect. You know, the rest of the, the rest of the mainstream, either they wouldn't uh, talk about wrestling at all or they would just make fun of it. And Regis and Arsenio had all the guys on. They had everybody on. Didn't matter if you were the champion. Didn't matter if you're a mid-level guy, if you were a tag team. Uh, and they were comedians, so they would poke fun when they could. But they had uh, the utmost respect for pro wrestling. Arsenio Hall even had a match in studio one time, the Road Warriors and the Nasty Boys. So uh, I love that about both those guys. And uh, Regis, what can you say, 60 years on TV, Sean. He had a hell of a run and uh, seemed like a good guy, too. I always liked him. He always seemed like a good guy, so... Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of wrestling connections, obviously. I thought it, I, it was, quite frankly, a little surprising to me that they did a video. I gotta say, the fact that they don't, didn't do, like, a video for Shad, they didn't do a video for a lot of people, I'm like, that, that does... I'm not saying, hey, don't do one for Regis, but there's a lot of people they should probably be doing videos for. You're not wrong, but it's 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 just a political thing because Regis and Vince were, were friends. Sure. Sure. So, and I, I remember once or twice, uh, just on the show randomly, uh, when there wasn't even a wrestling personality on the show. You know, when they would always start with just a little bit of chat, chat, chatter between the two hosts. Yeah. And there were a couple of times that Regis just matter of factly would say that he had dinner with this man like the night before. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they were they were tight. So, you know, it is what it is. But I I really liked him. I thought that he was really good to pro wrestling, and uh, and like I said, eight and nine is pretty solid. Chris Rain says, welcome back, Jimmy. So happy to have you back. Hannah Moore says, happy belated birthday, Jimmy. How, how was your birthday? Actually, it was pretty awesome, to be honest with nice. you. It was pretty good. I got two cakes nice. because uh, my wife got me a cake that had, uh, you know, the technology today, Sean? You could take yeah. a drawing and turn it into the top of a cake. Uh-huh. So my kid Seems did a drawing unhealthy. for me. Seems really unhealthy that they can do that. Well, they, they, they print it. They, 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 whatever, I don't know what the technology is, but so I had one kick where my daughter drew a, a, a drawing for me and we put it on and then Nicola, my office manager, who, you know, Sean, my doorbell rings. I open the door. There's Nicola with a cake and, uh, and everything. And I think I posted the picture on Twitter because of COVID and everybody's at home. She managed to get everybody to take a picture from home and then put it all together into one big picture. Yeah. So it's awesome. That was good. Mine was the best. Uh, Evan Wright says, Jeremy's interview with Ricky Starks ruled. Also, whenever you get to it. Thoughts on AEW this week? Feel like they've big, got a bigger sense of urgency right now. I, I mean, I feel like they've ha always had that sense of urgency. That's one of the things I like about AEW. They always seem like they're putting out important stuff, Jimmy. And that is, that's what makes me care about their show. The women's tag title or women's tag tournament, we'll see how it goes, but... Any thoughts on, on kind of how AEW's been rocking and what they got going? Uh, I think it's the better show of the two. Now, I also think when you've got Chris Jericho and John Moxley and all those other guys on one and then on the other one, you've got – I mean, no disrespect to Adam Cole and Keith Lee, uh, but Jericho is, your, is, is a top guy. If he was on Raw or SmackDown, he'd be main event. Yeah. And so uh, it's, 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 it's a little difficult. I will say this. I think AEW has always had pressure for two reasons. The first is obviously a new thing coming out of the gate. Everybody thought they weren't going to last, so they had to really produce. I also think they've had a lot of pressure because they're going against uh, WWE's third-tier brand. And the last thing you want to do is lose to WWE's developmental brand on Wednesday night. And so uh, I think for those two reasons, they've been very pressured. I think they've more than delivered. Uh, I think the show mostly is good. I mean, it's not a home run every week, but I think uh, for the most part, it's been good. 
we'll wrap up our, our Q&A, or not our Q&A, but our Fightful Select questions before we get into some topics. Yep. Uh, Frank Aguilera says, Jimmy, I love you hitting uh, your business or hitting you with business questions on your quarterly Q&A. When's the next one? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I forgot all about it. You're probably behind. I am probably behind. Uh, I'll do one uh, next week. Yeah, I don't think you did one for the last quarter, so. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll do one next week. I apologize. Yeah, well, we'll been a little busy. Been a little busy. I'll get to it. Rob Wilkins says, glad you're back. My Minnesota Wild and Avs are about to start. Jimmy, your thoughts on what the uh, on the uh, 2020 versions of Randy Orton and Bailey? Personally, I think they're two of the best things on TV right now. Yep, I'm going to talk about Bailey later on, and I'm going to address comments Ember Moon made because I disagree with what Ember Moon said. I think Bailey and Sasha have been a great act, uh, and hopefully, they do eventually do the split. We'll talk about it later, but I, I think Bailey's been great. I it's funny because when she turned heel, I thought, man, did they ever waste her as a babyface? She yeah. was a, she was a, a made woman. She was the John Cena of the women's division and they screwed it up and they did screw it up. But Bailey has completely embraced being a heel. Uh, I think her and Cole are hilarious. And she, I think has probably benefited the most of anyone by COVID because of the fact she can hear Cole on commentary and she plays off of it so well. If they have an arena full of people, that's not happening. Yeah. So I think she's really benefited. And Orton has been, I think having a, a edge back really motivated Randy Orton because by his own admittance, he was kind of on cruise control for a while. Yes. And uh, I think having edge and having something to, to sink his teeth into really motivated him. And so that's really what it takes for them. He always had the talent. Yeah. But it comes down to how motivated is he. And throwback, we see your super chat. Very generous one. Thank you so much. We will get to that as we talk about Bailey since he mentioned that we're going to talk about that later. Yep. What do you got today on the list? WWE business is where we're going to start. Boy, I said, uh, you know Jimmy's back because we got a Vince thumbnail. Whenever <laughs> I read bullshit, I have to call out the bullshit yeah. because I can't help it. That, that's what I do. I feel you. And uh, on July 16, and I really want to give props to Brandon Thurston, uh, a friend of ours, and he uh, heads up WrestleNomics. And he was the one that uncovered this. So on July 16, WWE held their annual shareholders meeting. They had to do it virtually this year. I actually had posted the proxy notice on Twitter because I'm a shareholder and I got the proxy notice and I could have participated in the uh, shareholders meeting if I wanted to. I chose not to because I knew there was no no chance in hell they would ever ask my question. But uh, so for the first time ever, they posted the audio from that annual meeting on their corporate website. And I'm guessing, again, they probably did it because they had to do it virtually. And Brandon Thurston uh, transcribed the whole thing. And yes. uh, there were some interesting points out of it that I wanted to kind of cover. They did a Q&A at the end, and uh, and they got asked some interesting questions this time. Unfortunately, most of the answers were fluff and bullshit. And so uh, I'm only going to mention the stuff that was remotely interesting. The first one was they were asked about different payment tiers for the network because that's been a rumor for a while. And uh, Frank Riddick is the interim CFO. He said that at this time they don't believe that that's the optimum approach for maximizing subscription value. He said they want to focus on leveraging the free tier to let users sample the content and then hopefully they're going to convert them to pay subscribers, which they won't. Yes. But <laughs> but they're hoping that they will. So that was the first point. Uh, somebody asked what management's, what management's plan is to improve television ratings. Leave it to Vince McMahon to spew out five minutes of utter nonsense and bullshit, and, and that's what he did. I'll read one quote from Vince McMahon, which inspired the thumbnail, Sean, that I put together. 
Vincent Mann said, quote, we have a 30 plus year track record of creating compelling characters and engaging a variety of audiences. And we obviously remain confident we can continue that with our collective ability, even in the most challenging environments and with no live audience. Uh, and then what he did, do you remember in the Q1 call where he kept on putting over WrestleMania, even though WrestleMania fell into Q2? Yes. And he did it because he was desperate to find something they could spin into, into positivity. They were looking for something. Sure. He did it again on this call. He said that WWE is still the number one show on USA Network. Something tells me that if you tell USA Network that, that's not going to make him any happier about spending over $200 million a year in rights. Yes. But that was one thing he said. He said that they consistently are the number one broadcast show on Fridays among the key demos. And that's the big thing now people talk about is key demos. Yep. And, uh, of course, he didn't talk about how their, their viewership numbers are about half what the top show is in the same time slot. But – is what it is. And then something else Vince Man's been doing a lot. He did this in the Q1 earnings call and he did it again. He tried to put over their digital numbers, tried yes. to put over their, their digital engagement. Their digital numbers do not pay the bills. Exactly. They do not have a company based on their digital numbers and he knows it. But he's stretching so badly to look for positivity that he's, he's pointing to the digital numbers. Kind of is what it is, I guess. Um, do you have anything to say before I move on? <sighs> Fuzzy math is like WWE's – like it's the theme of these calls anymore. And it's it's not just them. It's like when they do media calls too. It's just how can we spin this? There's no real transparency. It's gotten transparency. very annoying. Yeah, yeah and I mean at, at one point they asked Stephanie a question about you know the, the women's roster. And she sure. just spewed a bunch of bullshit. She got the Bella Twins in there and Total Divas and all this crap. They basically, whatever question you're asking, Triple H has gotten as bad as any of them, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Whatever you ask, all they do is they just kind of spin it with their propaganda crap. And and you kind of have to just kind of learn to, learn to weed through that. Very yeah, that's what they do. Well, the last thing that I want to mention is they were asked by somebody, is AEW taking some of your market share? Which I thought was a great question. Yeah. Unfortunately, Triple H has gotten pretty good training from, uh, from his pops-in-law. And so here's a quote from Triple H. He said, to me... There's a moment in time when you begin something and it's very exciting and it's fresh and there's some interest in it, certainly. But it's a big world. We continue to be focused on our product, continue to be focused on the development of our stars and our performers. And as Vince said earlier, we have a very long track record of doing this incredibly successfully for many, many, many years. He said many three times. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was what it was, but here's the interesting thing. So we're doing this on July 29. Tomorrow is July 30. Tomorrow is the Q2 earnings call. And In the what's going to be it? Right? Yeah. So they're and now it's very interesting. They're doing it at four o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. What time does the market close, Sean? It's four or four thirty, right? Four o'clock Eastern time. <laughs> they're doing the earnings call after the market closes. Man. I'm sure they have an explanation, but whatever it yes. is, I'm probably not going to believe it. But. <laughs> uh, the, the one thing that I'm really looking forward to on this call is that when they did all those cost cuts back in April, when they then, when they released a lot of people and furloughed a lot of people and announced that they were uh, uh, putting plans for a new headquarters on hold and all of that, that fell into this quarter. And yeah. so I'm going to be very interested to see if anything has happened with their U.S. rights fees because if nothing has happened and if they're getting paid on time and there's no you know reduction or anything being withheld, they will report the highest profits they ever have this quarter because of so many cost cuts and because they haven't had to have their crew on the road and they've been producing everything out of the PC every week. It'll be a record day for them. 
if that's what they announce. If there's an issue with their rights fees, that's going to be a whole other story, but we'll find out. We will because, I mean, that was the hot rumor for a while. Oh, well, their contract mandates that they be live. Well, evidently not. Or at least we're gonna find out. I think they got to have a. I think they got to have a a, a small number of shows taped. They're I believe half, ta- half of them are taped now. Well, I, I think they've probably well, I pivoted. Mean, wait, no, everything is taped right now. Everything except is for their pay per views. All their yeah. TV is taped. It's yep. it's it's nuts. Uh, we have a super chat from Melissa Martinez who says, "Just wanted to say hi from Sean's favorite city, San Antonio, Texas. I hate." San Antonio. <laughs> Love you guys. Keep up the good work. But I do like Melissa. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Jobber JJ Ford. I'm not running through all that. You, you know what his name is. <laughs> Why doesn't NXT have a card for their shows and add matches on Twitter? They are on national TV. AEW every week has a card before they go off the air. Do you think that helps AEW's viewership or not? Because Eric Bischoff has said in the past, oh, well, if you know what's going to happen... There's no spontaneity. And I'm like, well, if you're not creative whatsoever. I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree yeah. with that at all. I mean, the only thing Bischoff was worried about was if, you, if you're if you you know not live and if you announce your card, then your your competitor is going to tell you the results. Yeah. Because that's what he did. Now, I mean, I look at it like this. If you announce the card in advance with the talent that you announce are mid to lower card, it doesn't make a difference. But if you yeah. announce the card in advance and it features main eventers, it makes a difference. And I find that in the case of AEW, they tend to feature Cody, Jericho. Uh, I'm still not convinced that the Young Bucks have have, uh, have hit the, the top level. I feel sure. like their stock has dropped since they started AEW. Yeah. But they'll typically announce you know, if a Young Bucks have a match or Moxley or somebody like that. I think it makes a difference. And I think to answer their question, it's because WWE is flying by the seat of their pants so much, I think. I think until, until they actually have the show in the can, they don't even know yet what they're going to produce. And uh, it makes it hard. In AEW, they've kind of proven that they plan things out far enough in advance. I mean, you look at Gallows and Anderson. They hadn't even signed them yet, and they already had things planned out for them. Yes. yes. So they, they've proven. Now, I, I will say this also. AEW is still kind of in the honeymoon phase, and I will be interested to see how things are for Tony Khan, say, two, three years in when it becomes work. Yeah. Because when that happens, maybe suddenly they're not going to be as prepared as they are now. Now it's still shiny and new. Yeah. But uh, but give them props. They have been much more prepared, I think. I think they need to get Jim Ross off the post-show podcasts. <laughs> oh, that, was, um, that was a little wild, yeah. Yeah, and I think what they got to understand is that those guys come off bitter. And and I don't know if Tony Khan feels it or even thinks about it. Jim Ross and Taz came off bitter on that podcast. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to say your show's better. It's another thing to completely shit all over WWE. Well, they I mean, came he, off like bitter. He though. did say DVR them. We have the better show. I I kind of like it. I'm all for it. Oh, I'm I'm cool with the competition aspect. No yeah. question. I'm cool with that. Yeah. But you don't want to come off like you're bitter. I mean, Taz Taz was ho humming and sighing. And what was the quote Taz said where he was oh, trying to say, remember. "We don't insult your intelligence," but then he called everybody dumb shits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Oh, you know? that was amazing. That was so, amazing. Uh, yeah. Evan Wright says, "The moment I saw the ten man tag for this me- this week, I was hooked." Uh, tornado tag sounds wild. Cody versus Warhorse sounds great, and then a tag title match. There, there's always important stuff on AEW. There's like a title match or a top contender match or something like that, and that's what I like. Weekly TV needs to have stakes, and I know that some people will say, "Oh well, matches are a foregone conclusion." You you could argue that, but I'm enjoying the way that they handle stuff so far. 
Patel Ron Six says, search Charles Barkley San Antonio on YouTube. If he's crapping on San Antonio, I'm going to love it. I'll tell you that right now. And Crimson94 says, they have content from the network going to NBC's Peacock streaming service. Yeah, I mean, that that relationship is really in-depth yeah. there. I'm, I was actually a little bit surprised that they gave up SmackDown to Fox, but um, I, I thought that they would be completely in bed. But, I mean, if you're investing that much money into WWE, you should probably own a piece of the pie, too. But, uh, yeah. Well, I, I think that WWE, they thought that their uh, archives were more valuable than they have proven to be. Yes. And so that's why they thought I, – I think Vince went so far as to say at the time we're going to get a deal by the end of the quarter. I think he went so far as to say that. They wanted more. And it yeah. did happen, and they can say COVID had something to do with it, which it very well could have. But uh, I feel like putting that content on Peacock wouldn't surprise me if they're doing it as a make good for free. Yeah. Just based and, on where things are at. And here's the thing. If you want to let your peacock fly and maximize the value of your dick, check out BlueChew.com and use that code Fightful. Look at Jimmy acting like I don't have graphics, even though I don't right now. That's exactly it. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work a lot better, faster, and they're cheaper. Right now, you don't need to be hitting up the doctor or pharmacy unless you got something wrong with you. And you don't have to have anything wrong with you to use Blue Chew. It's, it's a performance enhancer, a confidence booster. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster, and it's ready when you are, or it gets you ready whenever they are. It ships to your door discreetly. No in-person doctor's visits. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. They work with Blue Chew affiliated physicians to get you prescribed. This is good stuff, my friends. Like I said, you don't have to have a problem to use Blue Chew. It's just, you want to, you want to, I, I don't know. You want to show off that peacock, the, the bright, vivid colors, so to speak. I mean, I don't lots know. Lots of reds. Lots of reds. Lots of reds. Maybe a purple. <laughs> Maybe a hue. Hopefully, the only thing blue is blue chew. Uh, it's that good stuff, guys. Hit them up at Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us. But use that code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. BlueChew.com. Thank you, Jimmy. There you go, man. I'm always wel- uh, welcome to help here. Yeah. Let's talk about Mr. Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. And the first thing I got to say is there were actually people on Twitter who were very critical of me to the point of being mean to me. Just because I said it for what it is, that it is a work, it's sure. an obvious work, and uh, I will say kudos to those two guys that they managed to sell some people tickets because some people on social media were so passionate of what a shoot this was yeah. that they tore a strip off of me for calling it a work. Very obviously a work, and I'll even go so far as to say that Pat McAfee didn't do a very good job. Really? Because he, yeah, I, I felt that he, he, he laid it on too quickly. Okay. Uh, Cole, I thought, did a much better job because Cole tried to do a friendly, normal shoot interview, talking about family, talking about starting out in the independence. And McAfee, for no apparent reason, would just throw in digs for no reason. You know, like they would just be starting out and then McAfee, I wrote a few of them down. They'd be starting out and then McAfee, he'd be talking about something completely irrelevant. He'd be like, oh, so you started out uh, here and then you did this. And by the way, you said a lot of disrespectful things about me. But anyway, like yeah. he would throw things in for no reason. 
But anyway, it was obviously a, a, a work good for them that they got to attention and good for them that they sold people a ticket. Shame on Mark Henry for calling it real shit. Because oh. he damn well knows it's a work and, and he's just being a company guy, I guess. Now, my question for you is, do you think it's going to turn into a match? Yeah, I do. You do? And I think that Cole is good enough to make... And, and I think Pat is athletic enough. He's an athlete, yeah. To where they can make something like this work. Now, granted, he was a punter, but... He's a he's a big dude. Yeah, he's in shape too. Yes, I mean, uh, here's the thing. He's 33 years old. Like he's not like over the hill. And a lot of people are like, oh, I saw somebody say NFL washout. No, 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 no. He voluntarily left the NFL. Like he, I mean, literally, um, maybe six weeks after he was named to the Pro Bowl, he was Mm. like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. At like uh, twenty nine years old. So for I him, mean, did he did he have concussion issues or anything like that? I'm not sure. I think he had a he had knee issues. Okay, but okay. right now I fully believe that right now he'd be able to play in the NFL if he so chose. But he's very successful outside of that because of his colorful personality. Mm-hmm. I think they can make something fun out of this. They clearly have no plans for undisputed era, um, mm. which shows you how much. Raw and SmackDown's mentality has infiltrated NXT. The fact that they've that there's been nothing for the tag titles, nothing for Undisputed Era, nothing for Tommaso Ciampa for weeks. I, yeah. I think that something really good could happen out of fun could happen out of this. I don't know about good, but fun. Yeah, I mean McAfee, he he's definitely a personality, like you said. He's a he's a, you know he's got a decent look to him, but he's a really good talker, uh, really funny and quick witted guy. He might look like a mismatch physically. He's a lot, lot bigger than Cole, isn't he? I think. Yeah, he is. Well, I don't know. Yeah. If you listen to WWE's Tale of the Tape, Adam Cole's six feet tall. But <laughs> is he? He's okay. not. He's, I don't no. know how tall he is, but he's five like 5'8", five eight, five yeah. eight maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Pat McAfee's 6'1", 230, was 230 in the NFL. I don't know if he is now, but. Okay, I mean, I mean, look, I look at it like this. Look, look at look how Shawn Michaels at like five nine. Look how he was with Taker, who was probably six eight at that point. I mean, if you got the talent, you can make it work. I think Cole can do just fine, like you said. Yeah, I do too, and I think Cole's a good enough worker to make it work. Evan Wright says, if you want your bird strutting, hmm. Throwback twenty seven. <laughs> big thank you. Check out his show on Tuesdays, guys. He says, hope everyone's been safe. It's been hot all week, ninety degrees, and isn't stopping. Losing 10 pounds of water weight a day, it feels like. Is it possible for WWE to have more fans uh, than they have, like New Japan? With New Japan possibly having 14K at their next event. Well, not Florida. that's because people in Japan aren't morons, and they just do whatever it takes to get healthy. I mean, they are... They are starting to see. It looks like they could be uh, seeing another surge sure. about to happen in Japan. Everything's but, open back up, but I mean, yeah, they Florida's, did what they had to do to get there. Yeah, Florida's yeah. a mess. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if if they get even more strict with everything. But at the same time, again, you got the whole DeSantis, Vince McMahon, Donald Trump connection. Very political. Yeah. What what they're doing. 
And then if you do for WWE, you kind of got to do for AEW as well. But then at the same time, the fact that Tony Khan's dad is the owner. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. The Jacksonville Jaguars probably helps them too. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I want to talk about Sammy Guevara. I, I posted something on Twitter last week that got a polarizing response. So he comes back on Dynamite last week. I suggested that he was brought back quickly because I, th- I think they said a month, but it, the days Three didn't weeks. even add up to a month, Three right? Weeks. Three weeks, exactly. Three weeks so from, they, the, from the time he was suspended yes. to, to then, yes. Right, three weeks. And so I suggested that he was brought back quickly, not because of the stuff Tony Khan said, not because he completed counseling, not because he's a changed man, not because of anything. He was brought back quickly because he's the breakout star of 2020. He's an integral part of Inner Circle. And I suggested that if he had been lower on the roster, he would not have been brought back. I still believe that. Yeah. Uh, and, and there are some people on Twitter that said, well, what do you think the fair you know, price for his crime should have been? I'm not suggesting three weeks isn't fair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, what he said was, was bad. He didn't physically assault anybody or anything. He made a, you know, a comment, what was it, four years ago on a podcast that he shouldn't have made. I'm not suggesting three weeks isn't fair. I'm suggesting that – and I mean no disrespect to these other names. But if he's Joey Janela, if he's Kip Sabian, he's not coming back in three weeks. Yeah, and that's a fact. And 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 uh, there's a lot of pro AEW people that uh, that were critical of what I said, saying, "Oh, that has nothing to do with it. He completed counseling, Definitely and he's a change man." And it. absolutely, absolutely, it is. It is. And I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, considering the nature of what happened. He I agree. And, he and Sasha had a conversation. Hopefully, it's water under the bridge. <clears throat> Makes a lot of sense to me. It was three and a half weeks, 24 days, basically from the point of suspension, June 22nd, to when he would have been back, which was either, I assume it was Wednesday, July 15th, when they taped that. It was yep. a full month off TV. So, I mean, you could you could say that, and if you could say, oh, well, it was a month pay that got taken from him and donated, I thought they handled it pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, you know, again, I think if it had been a different talent, because it seems like uh, oftentimes in these situations, people are erring on the side of caution. And so I think if it had been a different talent, they would have kept him out longer just to make sure that they didn't ruffle any feathers. But yeah. I agree. I, I think that the I think that the price uh, uh, was equal to the crime. And I'm cool that he's back. And as a fan, I'm glad that he's back. Yeah, same here. Same here. I want to ask you about Rey Mysterio. So we all agree that the eye for an eye thing was stupid. Yes. Uh, the optic nerve is intact. Story is dumb. Jesus. It is silly. It is not believable. But the consensus seemed to be that the Rey Mysterio uh, status was going to be dependent on his contract situation. So the consensus seemed to be if they announced that Rey's eye is permanently damaged, yes. then he probably didn't have a new contract coming. If they announced that his eye is going to be okay, he had a new contract coming. Personally, I see Dominic Mysterio – a kid who is not ready, 
a kid who is not in any way, shape, or form threatening uh, in a major storyline with a major talent on Raw. That tells me Rey Mysterio is sticking around. But uh, have you heard anything about the status of Rey Mysterio? So the original deal, from what I remembered, was it would be expired this fall, and he had an out clause after 18 months with the company, I think it was. Now, that 18 months, if I remember correctly, and based on the the people I've talked to, would have fallen during the pandemic. Now, when you look at things, you're like, okay, well, for Rey Mysterio, what are the positives of him going to AEW? Because it ain't more money. Right now, it ain't a better schedule. And right now, it ain't getting a paycheck for his son. Because mm-hmm. right now, Rey Mysterio gets to work once every two weeks. Sometimes He wasn't even there this week. Mm-hmm. He's working like once a month lately. His kid gets a paycheck, and he's still getting paid. I don't know if he exercised the out clause, but as of right now, his schedule is like amazing. And he's getting mm-hmm. WWE money, big WWE money. Uh, WWE free agent scared of AEW money right now. <laughs> Yeah. Not like this new, hey, we're going to fire you and bring you back money. So until this is all over, I don't see why he would possibly even leave. Unless AEW came through and they said, damn it, you know what? Whatever WWE has, we'll top it. Oh, and we'll give Ray or we'll give Dominic a contract too. Because I'm sure he's getting paid as well. Like he's not oh, sure, working of course. for free. No, so to no, me, no. I don't think that Ray Mysterio could be in a better position right now to just just ride it out. Just ride I it mean, out the only... The only way it would be different is if they, he hasn't come to terms yet with WWE and he's working, say, per show, and then AEW offers him a guaranteed contract for X number of years. That would be the difference because you want that security for your family. But I, I'm of the opinion that AEW doesn't want him right now yeah, because they've got enough talent as it is. They're supposed to do another show. They haven't started it yet. They've got guys that they're not using either because they can't do their location or because they just don't have enough hours to fill in television. Yes. I don't see them wanting him or needing him right now. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, WWE is really his, his primary landing spot at this point. Yep. I, I to me that that makes a lot of sense. The style works a little bit better in his favor too, and he's had no problems keeping up with that. And like I like I said, great schedule, great money. His kid gets a paycheck. What more could you ask for if you're Ray right now? I agree. Yep, I agree. And and honestly, I thought I think he's done a great job under the circumstances. You know, especially we talk about the stem cell therapy and man, it's done wonders for him. But uh, yeah. guy's like 46 years old and he's looking good to me. I mean, like look, he's, he's... look, it fixed his eyeball apparently. <laughs> yeah, must have. Must have. They did injections there too, I guess. Uh, I want to ask you about Nia Jax because I read the WWE.com statement. I saw a couple uh, things on Twitter where people were trying to, you know, kind of give their theory on what that statement meant. So I want to ask you, so in storyline, Nia Jax has been fined for, quote, inappropriate contact with multiple WWE officials. That was the, 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 the words they used, inappropriate contact. The theory on social media seems to be that she got fined for failure to social distance. Is that what it was? Because if so, then it, it kind of shows how WWE is kind of out to lunch on it. But is that by inappropriate contact, is that what they meant? I thought it was a storyline fine. No, it is a storyline fine. Okay. Yeah, but what I'm asking is in terms of what did they mean by inappropriate contact? Were they oh. talking about she didn't social distance no, from I think the officials? She, she 
pushed the ref a while a while back or whatever. That's it all was. it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was curious because there were again like, I read for her getting getting the refs out of the way this past week on on the Shayna gimmick. Yeah. That's all it was. Yep. Okay. Kyrie scene. I saw this video that they put up where you know it was kind of like a farewell, and they showed her backstage and talking to Oscar and hugging Stephanie McMahon and everything. One thing out of that video concerned me, Sean Rossap. What's that? Oscar saying that before Kyrie scene got to the main roster, Oscar was alone. These were Oscar's words, and that got me thinking. Oh man, I hope Oscar's not going to get homesick now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. God, man. Like I don't know what this. WWE is not worried about her going elsewhere, but WWE tried – I don't want to say they tried really hard, but a lot of people tried really hard to keep Kyrie Sane aboard. And then when she made it clear that she was leaving, they were like, well, how, how can we keep her on the payroll? How can we keep her around? Asuka, jeez, man. If they lose her, that's a tough one because she's one of the only ones that they've kept building up. She's been amazing. Yeah. Asuka's been amazing. Kyrie Sane's been great. I'm going to miss their tag team. I think their tag, tag team was sensational. And I'm going to miss that top rope elbow drop. In, in my opinion, that was the second best version of the top rope top rope elbow behind Macho Man Randy Savage that I can remember. I love and, that And uh, I do too. She looked great delivering that move. And I'm going to miss it. And I hope that they do find a way to keep her around. Obviously, they're not going to be touring to Japan anytime soon. Yeah. But, Very unfortunate. Uh, Very unfortunate. Yeah. It is. Okay, I think now we're going to go to stupid people, Sean Ross. Really? Already? We Let's go to a super chat first. Sure. Got a few of these. Rob Wilkins says, let's say WWE did a best of Stone Cold or Rock and advertised it for a few weeks. Would ratings and demos do better than the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday show? I don't think so. I think original content is what does it. For all I know, they could have done 10 of those on Fox Sports 1, and I would have no idea about it. But what do you think, Jimmy? I still wish that they had have done what I talked about for three months, uh, which is show one classic match a week and have those wrestlers do commentary over it through webcams like what they did on backstage. I would have found that very entertaining, uh, and I wish they had have done it. And as a matter of fact, uh, about a week ago, I was flipping channels one night, and I think it was on Sportsnet in Canada. They showed Steve Austin's interview with Bret Hart from the network. Yeah. And during that interview, Steve Austin and Bret Hart watched their match from WrestleMania 13 and did live commentary while they're watching the match. I was captivated by that, not just because the match was good, but I was captivated listening to them give you kind of like little inside secrets and stuff from doing it. Yeah. And my, my wife was sitting next to me on the couch and my wife goes, isn't this what you've been talking about on the podcast for like three <laughs> months? I said, yeah. yes. I wish they would do it because that would be entertaining. And again, and I'm, I'm a broken record on this stuff. You've got The Rock. You've got John Cena. you got Batista. All these guys are sitting at home doing nothing. And so why not ha call up The Rock and say, hey, we're going to show your match from, I don't know, WrestleMania 15 with Steve Austin. And we're going to get you guys both on webcam and you're going to do live comment. Do you think The Rock wouldn't do that? The guy's sitting at home doing nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't me, understand. I would, have, I would have had them come to the performance center and do some shit too. It's sure. It's so whatever. weird yeah. that they didn't. Yeah. It, it's, it, it kills me. It kills me. And it was funny because on that uh, earnings call or on the annual shareholders call, Frank Riddick, and obviously he's drinking the Kool-Aid, on at least two occasions he made reference to how creative WWE has been. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, I what was the quote? I actually wrote it down at one point. He said something about uh, – I don't think I can find it here now. 
he said something about uh, like fantastically creative or yeah. something like that was a quote talking about, oh, they had to pivot because of COVID and, and look, they're delivering content every week. They've really dropped the ball on some of these very obvious ideas that would have been successful for them. Yeah, and, I, uh, and and it is what it is. I'm with you. Evan Wright says I'd rather WWE or AEW sign guys like Will Hobbs, Sean Dean, Eddie Kingston, Pineapple Pete, and other guys they've used on Dark than all that money on Ray. Uh, those guys would not make a ding compared to what Ray would cost them. That's not, just it. Not a ding. And Tim Traver says, "Damn, found out a friend passed away from a car crash. Drunk driver killed my friend. Yeah, if you drink and drive, um, you're fucking moron, guys. Don't do that." Stupid people. Quite yep. Now, I, after this, if you after this, if you go to uh, fifleselect dot com, soon to be fifleselect on fifle dot com. Well, that's <laughs> another topic for another day. If you go to fifleselect dot com, we are going to talk about uh, MVP. We're going to talk about SummerSlam. We're going to talk about Impact Wrestling. We're going to talk about Leo Rush. Uh, we're going to talk about Enzo Amore. That's an interesting one. Going to talk some NWA, so uh, go to Fible Select for the list goes on after this, and we will do that. Uh, okay, so this is once again, uh, is this only the coronavirus edition this week? Yeah, I Maybe. guess it is. Maybe. I think it might be. Oh, no, it's not. No, there's other stuff. So this is the not just coronavirus edition of Stupid People this week. This first one, Sean, this was reported by the Associated Press on July 22nd. A 25-year-old man in New York, his name is Robert Berger. He was scheduled to be sentenced to a year in jail on theft-related charges. All right? Prior to his sentencing, his girlfriend called their attorney with some unfortunate news. His girlfriend informed their attorney that Mr. Robert Berger had taken his own life. Oof. Committed suicide. The lawyer said, well, that's unfortunate. Uh, you know, you got you to get me a copy of the death certificate so that we can uh, kind of wrap things up. Gets a copy of the death certificate. There was a problem. Any idea? It was fake. There were spelling mistakes on the death certificate. Mm. That's when they were able to determine that something smelled a little bit fishy. So uh, they took the death certificate to, I, was, I think it was in Jersey, and confirmed that one was never produced and that Mr. Berger had not killed himself. And here's the sad part, man. So Mr. Robert Berger, he was facing a year for theft, yes. right? Now, because of what he did, he's behind bars. His bail is set as a million dollars, and he now faces up to four years in prison his lawyer quit because yeah, sure. of all this and now mr robert Berger has a public defender oh. so that four that four years could turn into 12 oh yeah yeah that's a, that's a year man i know it sucked but just do that year man do that year and because of covid they probably let him out in six months maybe less you know what i mean behave maybe less. and maybe you're out less than that right like like come on this is this is why you're on stupid people yeah. that's the reason this next one, this is reported by NPR.org on July 16. I have spoken before about Georgia Governor Brian Kemp mm, on this sure podcast. Have. This is the guy who, like two months into COVID, finally realized that you can be asymptomatic because apparently he didn't know that before. This is the guy who, when they had a backlog of uh, driver's license applications, he decided to clear that backlog by granting tens of thousands of teenagers their license without a road test. This is the guy. Yeah. And now uh, Mr. Brian Kemp, he's made the news again because he is suing the mayor of Atlanta. So he is suing the mayor of his own state's largest city. Why? Uh, Keisha Lance is her name. Why is he suing her? Because she wants face masks to be mandatory in public places. Yeah, sure. Right. 
Yeah, that's that, it. that's happening. That's happening here too. Our governor has been, I think, sued or legal action taken because of because he wants to mandate it. Yeah, it keeps people safe. Yes, so she wants to mandate it, and he is suing her. And according to the lawsuit, and this is one of these big, big dick swinging contests, you know. According to the lawsuit, Kemp says that he alone, quote, leads the state of Georgia in its fight against the worldwide novel coronavirus COVID nineteen pandemic, and he also has the power to quote suspend municipal orders that are contradictory to any state law or to his executive order. So, in other words, I'm the boss. I'm going to do things my way, even if my way is stupid. And so that's why he's suing the, the mayor of Georgia. I got to tell you, I'm I'm not political. I am nonpartisan. I'm Canadian. Brian Kemp and Ron DeSantis are idiots. Idiots. They are two of the worst government figures that I can recall reading about. And they, they uh, don't, I don't know how they you get You see who cares about people in situations like this. You see who's there for the people, and then you see who's there for the money. Right, right, yeah, and I, I think he's been an embarrassment. This last one, Sean, oh boy. this one is for the SRS file. This one was reported by Hot 96.9 Boston and on June 29. You're going to like this one. Is that a hip-hop station? Yeah, it might be. I don't I know. I think it is. Oh, maybe. So WIS News 10 out of Columbia, South Carolina, they did a story about people not wanting to wear face masks. You know, this is a problem, particularly in the U.S., where there's a lot of people defying orders to wear uh, face masks. They did a story about it. On their Facebook page, a woman named Cheryl Gilbert responded, you know, posted a comment responding to the story about sure. the face masks. Uh, and she is in favor of not having to wear one, Sean. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want you to have to wear a face mask. She doesn't want them to be mandatory. Any reason why Ms. Cheryl Gilbert doesn't want face masks to be mandatory? Because she's a piece of shit. <laughs> Could very well be. No, this is what she posted. She said, quote, my husband had to wear a mask on a business trip and now he has chlamydia. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that that uh, Seinfeld episode where somebody got gonorrhea from a tractor? Yes. I, yes, I do. It was a girl, <laughs> a girl that Jerry dated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, as you can imagine, people by the dozen responded to Cheryl uh, Gilbert to let her know that's not how you get chlamydia. So if your, <laughs> if, if your husband basically – that was his excuse. If he said to you, oh my god, how'd that happen? It must be from wearing that mask. Oh, I must love be. it. I love yeah. it so much. That's, that's one something. of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd like that one. Damn, like that. that's good. Yep. First off. I I would just have loved to have been a part of the conversation where he clued her in on that. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I can you imagine when she probably started reading those comments and uh, yes. you know how do you <laughs> oh, how do you talk to your husband at that point? Well, let's you know? talk. Let's talk some Bailey since uh, we've got some super chats about her. Sure, we'll talk Bailey, and then after that, I'm going to get to my personal story. Yeah, but uh, yeah, of course, that's why I wanted to get it in. Hannah so Moore here, says. Shop release limited edition women's pins today. Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, Asuka, Kyrie, and Alexa. No Bailey. Isn't that weird? Hmm. It is, actually. It is. Well, here is what happened with Ember Moon. So Ember Moon on her Twitch channel was kind of ripping on – she wasn't ripping on Bailey and Sasha personally. Yes. She was ripping on WWE's decision to put all the titles on Bailey and Sasha. And this is a quote from Ember Moon. She said, Sasha and Bailey have done a great job with a limited roster, but there are too many people sitting at home to tie up all the titles with two people. 
And obviously, you know, this has kind of been one of the things you've heard for a long time about the roster is that everybody's all buddy-buddy. Uh, there's not uh, the kind of competitive nature there used to be. And this kind of shines through with Evermood's comment, you know. She's thinking, you know, there's other girls. Why don't you give Lacey Evans a shot? Why don't you give Naomi a shot? Why don't you give somebody else a shot? All I have to say is this. Sasha and Bailey are what's interesting right now. They are what's hot right now, and you run with your hot hand. That's what you do. And so I have no issue with it at all. And, yeah, you know, does it suck maybe that Naomi's not being pushed, Lacey Evans isn't being pushed, whoever's not being pushed? Sure, maybe, but Sasha and Bailey right now are the hot hand. And I think them together uh, have been fantastic. I'm not going to lie. I hated the fact that Sasha won by countout on Asuka, especially when Bailey's assault of Kyrie Sane was not so serious that it, you know, that it needed Asuka to lose her title to make the save on something like that. But I think that them together, uh, I think they've been a really great act. I think that having all the titles is good to add to their story. And if they do eventually split them, it adds to that program. So I'm cool with it. I, I am too. I'm fine with it because it's the best thing on WWE TV right now across any brand. And the the tag titles are the golden ticket. It's been established they're the golden ticket, and I'm completely fine with that. Throwback27 says, Sean's Bosox jersey is on the way uh, for the 800 subscribers on Select. It's the end of the month, so briefly at the be- in a couple days, it'll dip back below. It just always does that. But he says, WWE giving Bailey and Banks the titles, Lee giving up the North American title, is having Bailey and Banks having the titles decreasing the competition level in one brands or improving it? I think theirs is improving it. I hate Keith Lee winning both of those titles, then saying, and now I'm going to give somebody else an opportunity. It's him saying, as Jeremy Lambert said, hey, I am above this championship now, so I'm going to let you guys play around for it. Not to mention, yeah. Jimmy, they're deciding it in a ladder match. It would have been very easy to put him in the ladder match, and then he doesn't have to get pinned. He just right. doesn't win it. But I he still that. loses it in the ring. Yeah. I yeah. hate what they did with the Keith Lee thing. It was such a reactionary bullshit thing to two nights of Fighter Fest. That's what it was. Like, yeah. oh, all right, let, let's move it. Bailey and Banks, on the other hand, I get the feeling that we're going to see them pull in double duty. I think we'll see Sasha defend against somebody, Bailey defend against like five people at one time, and then the tag titles get defended too, and Bailey gets overwhelmed. But to me, Bailey and Sasha are the best thing on TV, and they bring everybody up. I mean, they've helped Nikki Cross a lot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, again, they Bailey has really come into her own as a heel, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and again, I thought it was a mistake to turn her heel at first. I thought that they really dropped the ball with her as a babyface, but she's really coming to her own. Uh, her ability to improvise, because yes. a lot of what she does out there is full-on improvisation. And her ability to do that, I think, is great. I actually think that she's been uh, um, um, a, a bigger performer than Sasha through yes. this whole thing. And uh, But together, I think they're a great act. I have no problem with them having all the titles. And again, it, the other girls right now in the moment have to take a back seat because they're the hot hand right now. Yep. That might not be the case in six months, but they are right now. Yep, I and, agree. And you, you got to go with it. Yeah, I have no problem with it. So, any more super chats? Uh, that's that's it right now. I'm sure that that's we'll get it. a couple through uh, whenever you break the news of what's what's going on. Where have you been? Where have I been? Okay, so uh, I was on the fence if I was going to tell the story or if I was going to wait for a little while. And I decided I'm going to tell it now for two reasons. And in a minute, I will get into what those two reasons are. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm going to start by saying if you are a longtime viewer of this podcast, you might remember that in November of 2018, my father passed away. At the time I talked about it on this podcast, I uh, uh, showed the trailer for the documentary that I produced about my parents at the time. And so I was pretty public about it. What I have never talked about before publicly in a live setting like this, and I've never even, I never even told Sean about this, is that five months after my dad passed away, so it was in April of 2019, my sister was diagnosed with stage four melanoma. Uh, I have one sister, three and a half years older than me. Her name's Sherry. Uh, she was diagnosed with melanoma and, uh, she battled for 15 months. And on July 6th, three weeks ago, she lost her fight. And so the reason that I've been absent from this podcast is I've been spending a lot of time away. I've been spending a lot of time at home, uh, you know, visiting with her, visiting with my mother. Obviously, you know, in about a year and a half, you lose your father and your sister. Sure. Been a bit bit of of a difficult period. But uh, I decided to talk about this for two reasons. Now, the first reason is that if my sister's story could even help one person and if it could potentially save even one life, then I think it's a story that I should tell. Yeah. Uh, and so I and so I want to talk about it for that reason. And, and in my sister's case, her diagnosis started with a mole on the small of her back. Mm-hmm. She had a she had a mole in a place where she just never noticed it. Uh, and we imagine over time it probably changed color, it probably changed shape. Never noticed it, not until it started to bother her. And by the time she got it checked out, uh, the cancer had gotten into her blood, and it had spread to different parts of her body. And so uh, that's what we had to deal with. So my first message is. If you have a can- uh, if you have a mole anywhere on your body, especially one of significance, keep an eye on it. And even if you think that you're being paranoid and oh, I just think maybe it's changing, but it's not, get yourself checked out because it could save your life. Yes. So that's the first thing that I that I want to say. The second thing I want to say uh, is, you know, I mentioned that I did that documentary. I did that documentary because I wanted to create a keepsake for my family and especially for my kids. I wanted them to have something where years down the road they could look back and see who their dad's parents were. That's the reason that I did it. But something else came out of that and I'm referring to it as an unintentional byproduct of doing that documentary. I found that it really helped me to cope with the grief I was dealing with at the time and the stress I was dealing with at the time uh, and ultimately the loss that I was dealing with. I felt that it helped me to talk about it. Uh, and it helped me to channel the negativity into something positive. Mm-hmm. So when my sister was diagnosed, I sought out something similar. I sought out some kind of an outlet. I wanted to do something for the same reason. I wanted to do something to help me channel that grief into something positive. Uh, and what I've just decided to do, and Sean knows this, I am creating my own charity organization. Uh, it's called Grappling with Grief. And what we are going to do is we are going to tell people stories. So we're going to tell people stories, true stories of coping with grief, coping with with tragedy, not just physical illness, but mental illness too. And we're going to tell people stories of how they channeled those things into something positive. I'm going to be talking to Sean about his friend Cheyenne. Uh, who passed away from cancer. Sean grew out his hair for her. We we hit up AEW and uh, and were able to get publicity for the haircut to help drive awareness and and, and drive prevention because that's something that I want to do. And, uh, and there's a lot of other stories that I'm going to tell. I'm going to be adding content to it every week. So the website's not live yet, but what we do have live that I can start promoting now is we have our Twitter account live. I don't know if you can see this. That's the handle for the Twitter account right there. At Grap Grief. At Grap Grief. Yeah, G-R-A-P-G-R-I-E-F, at Grap Grief. 
Now, one thing I got to say is in order to be a legitimate charity, you have to have a tax number from the government. Uh, the government is very strict on this stuff because, I, as you can imagine, there's a lot of fraud sure. with people claiming, claiming to have a charity when they don't. It's going to take me probably upwards of 12 months mm -hmm. to get a charity number. And so that means that for the next 12 months, I cannot solicit donations. I cannot uh, accept donations financially. What I am going to do, though, is I'm going to continue to you know, move forward with plans. I'm going to continue putting up content every week. I'm going to continue telling people stories. And I'm going to do that because even though I can't accept donations, I can still promote awareness. I can still promote prevention. Uh, and I can promote, promote whatever the people whose stories I tell want to promote. If they have their own charity – Anything that they're working on, we can promote that. So what you can do in the short term, even though you can't support us financially, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, and again, I'll put it up here, at Grat Grief, Grat Grief, that will help us out. And if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, we don't have a custom URL yet because you need to have 100 subscribers to get a custom URL. Yeah. We just launched, and I haven't promoted it yet, and so we don't have 100 subscribers so if you will follow us on Twitter and if you will subscribe to us on YouTube, then I can get the custom URL and that will help us uh, yes. promote things further. But that's the story, man. So that's why I've been away. And and again, thanks to Denise for filling yeah. in for me. And Sean, I did not tell. I don't know if you knew this because a lot of my office knew because uh, uh, I posted something on my personal Facebook page about it. And uh, my office uh, got wind of it. So I don't know if you knew. And I apologize I that I didn't. Oh, you didn't know? Okay, I, I apologize. Did I didn't tell you, but uh, I didn't tell you because number one, it's not something I'm talking about with a lot of people. But number two, I love getting Sean's live reactions whenever we do this to podcast. This? Well, just in general, I like getting genuine reaction, you know, to anything, and so that's why I prefer to uh, <laughs> to not give Dick a heads up. Stories so. are one thing. A relative passed away. You wanted my reaction to that. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, it was not at the forefront of my mind. I should call Sean. Sure, sure. Well, you know what I'm saying? Okay, thanks. So, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, one, I'm glad to have you back and I'm sorry to hear about that. And I, I'm happy to be a part of this. And I know that the people that watch our show will be happy to support it as well. Oh, that's heavy, man. Tough. Yep. I, yep. I did a, I did a it sucked. It dick did. pill and, ad and, on the same show. It's okay. It's okay. No, I mean, obviously, it's something that you don't think of, right? I mean, my father was almost 81. So in his case, he had a good long life. My sister was 49. Yeah. So that that's something that you don't anticipate. But I'm going to make sure that I honor her legacy. Her and my father are the two inspirations for creating this charity. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm going to go full bore on it. Like, I'm going to really put effort into it. And uh, we already, like I said, we already have some content up. So if you go to our YouTube or our Twitter, we have some content up, and I'm going to continue pr producing content every week and putting something up uh, new every week. And uh, yeah, we're just we're going to tell people stories, and like I said, promote awareness and prevention. And that's, well, that's it. That's one of the reasons I'm very happy to to work here and work with Fightful. I, I can tell you that I've, I've worked with some places, and the thought of charity or giving back or anything like that was never broached. And I see you specifically doing that often. Uh, our friend Wild Boy. I mean. Not not just you, but a lot of our viewers got back together, got got together and helped him out. And like, there's there's been a lot of that. And throwback, who's been in the chat, I see him constantly giving back to people. So that is the the type of environment that I like to help foster for Fightful. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you're doing that. Um, and I mean, guys, definitely 
support that, and quite frankly, your story might end up being told on on this platform as well. I would imagine there, there's there's plenty of of uh, there's plenty of different things and ways to approach that. But um, I, I'm glad I'm not going to lie. I, I am definitely gonna gonna utilize your Twitter following, Sean. Not sure. going to lie. But sure. uh, no, I mean, obviously, I, I, I am going to utilize Spyful social media presence to a degree, but I'm kind of at the same time looking beyond, you know? Yeah. So I, I just kind of want to get the word out and uh, uh, start reaching out to people because there are a lot of stories out there of people who have dealt with grief in their lives and channeled it into something good. Uh, so I just want to tell those stories. I already did one with Anshul, a girl that you know. Yeah, I I. Yeah, I interviewed her, and that's the first interview that I have up there right now. Her story is unbelievable, yes. so you check out her story. But that's the kind of stuff that I want to talk about because uh, I'm not alone in, in what I've dealt with. Anshul's not alone in what she's dealt with. Wild Boy's not alone in what he's dealt with. Yeah. And so and so, I want to do this uh, to kind of just help people cope, yeah. maybe help them heal, and maybe inspire them to, to channel into something good as well. That's kind of the goal. Very excited to see that. A lot of people are like, oh, it's one of the things that keeps you at Fightful. When I when Jimmy brought me to Toronto, I met people like Anshul who don't even work for Jimmy anymore but are still loyal to him and, again, the environment that he fosters there. And she became, quite frankly, one of me and my wife's good friends. We talk to her every time. Every time we're in Toronto, she hasn't worked for you for, what, three years now? Uh, four, three or four. We still see her yeah. every single time we come into town, yep. and she has experienced have you seen a this, lot. By the way, not, not that I want to, because people that don't know her, I don't want to uh, take up too much time. But have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. yeah so she course. just gave me this. She signed it to me and and uh, gave it to me. No, so yeah, she's doing copy. she's doing some good gonna, things. I tell you what, when people <laughs> joke and they say, "Sean, you you moving to Toronto?" and I'm like, they they wouldn't let her stay for a while. No, and we told that story in the interview, in the interview that I did with her. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. But uh, guys, we are on Fightful Select right after this. I didn't do a plug for Fightful Select today. Go ahead, subscribe. We got news every day. I've been working on a series since COVID started. I guess we're going to call it like Brass Ring or something like that. It's I'm reaching out to WWE wrestlers and I'm saying, hey, who is working hard to get better? Who's working hard to improve? Whether people know it or not, let me know. And I've had that on the back burner for a while. I wanted something positive out there uh, during COVID. And then I just started to get more stories. So now what I've done is circle back and ask other wrestlers about these people that have been identified. So I'm going to try to get one of those up a week on Select. And it'll have some anonymous quotes from some pretty high-level WWE people. But check that out. But we are on the list goes on right after this. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.